0: Old School Lane Casual Chats is brought to you by Old School Lame, producing various content from blogs, videos, and podcasts discussing about movies, TV shows, video games, and everything else in between since 2011. You can check out the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and YouTube. We're associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Aaron Meta Show. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Casual Chats. I am Patricia and I am back with um, Paul Thomas, AKA GuntherFan1992, so welcome back, Tom, Paul.
1: Thank you for having me, I'm excited to be back.
0: So a few months ago, we discussed about the 2010 Cartoon Network animated series Adventure Time in honor of its anniversary. And we decided that we were going to go back to the topic because as of the recording of this podcast, Adventure Time Distant Lands, the miniseries that premiered on HBO Max has concluded and they just announced that they're going to be doing another mini miniseries um, based off of the characters Fiona and cake from that um, alternative universe based off of a fanfic that Ice King had written or did he I don't know but (laughs) (laughs) anyway so yeah I'm genuinely excited about talking about this because uh, we have four specials that we're going to be talking about and uh, each of them feature different characters and feature different scenarios and different tones and I'm really excited about talking about this. So a year after Adventure Time had aired its last episode, that was when the announcement that Adventure Time Distant Lands was going to be a thing. And Adam Muto mentioned that there were going to be like four separate stories featuring uh, you know, the characters and having four different tales and expanding the land of OO that we've never seen before. And so, yeah, we're going to be talking about them today. So I want to preface this by saying major spoilers ahead if you have not seen Adventure Time Distant Lands, then please, I implore you to go over to HBO Max or maybe wait until they air on Cartoon Network. I mean, I'm sure at this point in time, they will considering how popular Adventure Time still is. But if you do not want to know about what's going to happen in terms of the plot, go over to HBO Max and please check it out. All right, so let's talk about the first out of the four specials that came out, and that would be BMO, which premiered on June 25th of 2020. And the basic plot is this in a distant part of the galaxy, BMO, a young scientist named Y5 and a protocol droid named Olive work together to save a dying space station. So, yeah, please, uh, why don't you uh, share your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, so this was a when they announced distant lands i was excited of course because you know more adventure time content i i'm always happy for that but i was a little worried that you know where are they going to take the show um where are they going to take the characters and when i saw bemo uh the first time in what was it like may you said may of 2020 um i was i was pretty i was happy because it felt like okay you know, this isn't like some radical departure. They're not completely changing the characters around. That said, I, I thought that the story was um, not bad by any means, you know, but it felt it felt like something that Adventure Time would have told. Uh, so it didn't blow me away at first, but it mm-hmm. I definitely like put fears to rest that it was gonna be, you know, like a jumping the shark situation. And of right. course it's BMO. <laughs> yes. It's BMO, so um, I love BMO. So, you know, you can't, can't get too mad about that, I guess
0: right right so yeah um i guess we can go over the plot so it starts off with bemo in outer space and he is traveling around and he is with a companion named Olive. Um, you know, that it's basically a big green eye and has like a red little pupil. So I guess it makes a lot of sense for it to be an olive. So yeah, he there uh, cra- there's a meteor shower that um, destroys over his ship. He lands on a planet and he sees a space station known as the Drift. And so uh, he is saved by a young rabbit girl named Y-4, but she prefers to be called Y-5. And she brings him over to, well, pr- she brings them over to the drift where they're being ruled by a person named Hugo and the particular space station that they're living in is falling apart. There's a lot of problems that are happening constantly and um, Y5 is trying to bring particular parts uh, that can be able to save the drift so that it doesn't like completely crash. And so then we have uh, Hugo's assistant known as Mr. M, who uh, tells them, hey, if you go over to this part of the drift, then you, if you grab this particular item, we can be able to save it. And then it just completely falls apart. And it turns out that that was the reason why things were um, falling apart in the first place was because they were just grabbing like these particular parts and the entire uh drift was like completely dying the life has been dying water starts leaking out everything starts um falling apart in terms of electricity and so i mean i think it's no surprise that we know who mr m is i think that that's no secret there for those who have been seeing the show it's martin it's martin and this is like um you know him in outer space and he is i mean it's pretty obvious once you hear his voice i mean he is voiced by the Mm -hmm. same person he's voiced by stephen root so it is pretty predictable of who he is and just like what martin would do in a lot of the episodes of adventure time he would help them out and then the moment that they receive what he's looking for, then he just grabs it and then he just abandons them and that's pretty much it. And so (laughs) then when uh, Hugo is um, revealed to be the kind of the one responsible for all of this. And so then BMO comes along and um, tries to help out, but then he falls apart. And then we have this moment where Y5 is trying to put him together and we have um, a robot that kind of was like similar to him called and. That, that actually brings up an interesting question.
1: Now, go ahead, Paul. Oh, I was just laughing at the fact that uh, that scene always makes me smile with the um, Seago, um singing the theme from uh, Frasier, right? Yeah, I believe To kind of compliment it, yes. the, the show's fondness for old sitcom themes
0: yeah that's a bit of a reoccurring thing so we discussed about this in the last podcast of adventure time so uh for those who don't know uh if you have seen the stakes mini series there are uh, there's a callback to the Mr. Belvedere theme song. And if you have seen Simon and Marcy, there's a callback to the Cheers theme song. So once again, we have another theme song that's being sung, and it just so happens to be the Frasier theme song. I don't believe it was written by the same person. So uh, no connections there. I'm still waiting. I was really disappointed there was no reference to Punky Brewster. So eh, maybe maybe Fiona will give us. Yeah, maybe one day, maybe Fiona and Cake will give it to us anyway, so uh yeah that, that scene was actually pretty sweet and uh it just uh was kind of cool to see seagull helping bmo out when fibo i mean bmo completely like fell apart and um then we finally get to see that bmo suggests to everybody well you know they're completely panicking that the drift is about to fall apart and you know they're about to be destroyed it's like hey why don't we just uh, you know work together to completely cut the power entirely which sounds like it would be really really risky but it was able to help them out in the end and then Bimo finally goes back into outer space and lands on earth and then we find out it was a prequel this entire time because we see a young Finn and Jake so yeah I this is this was kind of a surprise I mean I have to admit that this probably is not one of my favorites out of the distant land specials I would probably say it's probably my least favorite but not that's not to say that it was a bad one I mean I did enjoy the story I did enjoy the the setting and I did enjoy some of the new characters that were brought in and the fact that it got like pretty dark at points but I think that you're you're right. I mean, it the story wasn't bad, but you wouldn't you would expect to see this in an episode of Adventure Time. It doesn't like go above and beyond of what you would typically see. And but I was generally surprised of how it turned out. And this would just be the beginning of what would be um a stellar series that would just continue to get better and better.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the problem with one of the problems with uh with BMO is not itself because the quality is pretty good. It's the fact that in my opinion and we'll probably talk about this of course that sure. obsidian and together again i i think are some of the the show's like best episodes
0: yes I and agree.
1: it's kind of hard to you know to compare to that but i i did enjoy it all things considered i think it's probably my second to or my third favorite of the four um okay so not uh not the bottom or anything like that but you know it was good it was nice and when i saw it like i said i was like oh, okay so it's kind of like it's like a continuation of the show i can handle that um I'm glad, you know, there's room for expansion and and sort of exploring these characters. I was really delighted and shocked to realize it was a prequel because I thought going into it that it took place. After the finale, yeah, same um,
0: here. I thought that you know, after they were able to defeat Gulb and Finn and Jake went off into the, doing their separate things, and um, all the other characters were trying to live off their normal lives after that whole fiasco happened. I thought, okay, maybe Bima wanted to just go into space because reasons, but yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, you're right. It, it is a prequel. It takes place even before the events of the series, which was definitely a major surprise, and um. Yeah, I mean, so I, I mean, I thought that uh, going uh, again, another reason why I thought it was a sequel, is like, you know, the last time that we saw Martin, he was floating into space. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, maybe he just landed in this particular space station. But no, that, that didn't exactly happen.
1: I do like the idea, though, that he has a, um, a tendency to always get lost in space somehow <laughs> <laughs> and find yes. his way back. You know, he's, he's going to be OK. But it's yeah, uh, I yeah. like that. Um, I did love the reveal at the very end when when uh, we see that it's a prequel and there's little Finn and little Jake and the apparently the only thing that the the reason that Bimo and Finn and Jake got to know each other is literally because Bimo was like hey guys what's up yeah and then they were like best friends forever so I I loved that little touch there was no grand huge backstory for how Finn and Jake found Bimo it was literally Bimo just walked up to them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly. Uh, I have to say that Y5 was a great addition to the roster of Adventure Time characters. Now, I'm not sure whether her or um another character we'll go into in just a moment is probably my favorite in, in terms of like the new characters mm-hmm. that were brought in but i did enjoy y5 i enjoyed her resourcefulness i really uh liked the relationship that her and bmo had i thought it was definitely a um nice little connection especially since you know, out of all the characters that we knew, I mean, uh, other than Martin, but beside the point, but there were like, I mean, BMO was like the only character that we already knew who it was. So everybody else was completely new. So this was, I mean, so we have a companionship with wi 5 and Bimo, and I thought that they were pretty good together.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I liked it. At first it's, you know, a new character is always hard to introduce, but oh yes. uh, I, liked, I liked the energy that, that uh, Wi-Fi brought to it. Um, the voice acting was really stellar and it definitely felt like uh sort of an analog to finn and jake without necessarily just being a finn and jake clone or a finn and jake like duplicate or something there was a there was a wi-fi brought like a new sort of spin on hero sidekick uh, mm-hmm. sort of things. And I enjoyed that. I also liked the whole sort of BMO is sheriff motif. Cause BMO, yeah, I
0: really liked that too. That, I thought that, that was really cowboy cool. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. cowboy stuff, singing about potatoes. Yeah. That was <laughs> <Exactly>. really,
1: <laughs> I got, you gotta love it. Yeah. And, and the fact that he just sort of landed on the drift and was like, okay, well I'm the sheriff now. And then everyone around him was like, okay. <laughs> 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 there was like, yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. Um,
0: why not? <laughs> yeah.
1: I like that.
0: Yeah. That was, that um, was really cool.
1: And then the whole story of like, you know, the Hugo kind of using the resources, I would have loved a little more, maybe a little more focus on that because I thought it was actually that was some pretty good social commentary I thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe a little on the nose at times, but I still like the idea that you, oh yeah, people who are in charge sometimes can like actually be the problem. (laughs) taking our resources and destroying the environment and stuff so
0: sure sure but sometimes um i think that if done right being on the nose is sometimes crucial for people to actually get the point
1: that's true that's true because
0: sometimes subtlety like it can be so subtle that it'll fly over people's heads and then they won't realize it until they actually um watch it again and rewatch it again and maybe like do analytical research on it Mm. and maybe just contemplate on life and saying oh that's what it was about that's
1: what that was about yeah that's a good point um because yeah you don't want it to be too abstract to the point where no one is like what what the heck was that you know
0: yeah it's definitely a fine line but i think that they were able to play it off pretty well
1: yeah, I agree. I, I like I said, for the most part, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I, It was a minor critique, if anything. And I, maybe I just wanted more of it rather than uh, or just like more exploration of that. But it, it they did a really solid job. And I even liked how at the end, Hugo, you know, was this bad person. But there was even like he was stuck in the the uh, stuck with uh, Olive. And there was that potential that Hugo could redeem himself like it sure. wasn't a complete you know he's completely unsavable there was that nice sort of optimism that adventure time always has with even the villains
0: right except for the lich
1: yeah exactly that he doesn't but, w- but
0: we'll get to that later yeah <laughs> but yeah, I really did enjoy this special. I think the reason why it kind of lacks in terms of story was because this was the first time I believe that they did like, I mean, other than the last episode, mm-hmm. that they did like a 45 minute long special where they were able to like tell a grander tale than what you would expect for Adventure Time to have, which yeah. was like 11 minutes long. It wasn't a mini series, just like what you would see in stakes or islands or, um, any of the sort and it wasn't like the last episode where they knew that they had to complete it because that was the last chance but yeah i think that they were just trying to get their footing in in terms of like how much they can tell um what characters need to be focused on what's going to be the scenario so i think that once we get over to the other specials i feel that this is where they understood okay now we know what we can be able to do next time
1: yeah, I absolutely agree. I've always been a little lenient with um, Adventure Time in terms of like, if I think they made a artistic misstep, because usually when they've done it, it was the f- like the first time they've attempted that specific thing. Sure. Uh, so like season six, for instance, got a lot of flack from some people in the fandom for its story, um, like the season long story. But I was willing to be like, well, this is literally the first time the show has tried this. So it's, you know, it's probably not going to be like 100% perfect. And that's how I feel about BMO. Like it wasn't 100% perfect, but like this was the first instance of them trying this new thing. So, you know, there's going to be some little bumps here and there, but I liked it. I thought it was really good overall and and made me excited for the rest.
0: Yeah, and I think that it also depends on how much you like Bimo as a character. Mm-hmm, if you're yeah. not a Bimo fan, maybe you won't get into it. But if you're a hu- if you're like a a genuine Bimo fan, and if Bimo is one of your favorite characters, then I think you'll really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, that's a great point too. Um, I guess I didn't think of that because who doesn't like Bimo? <laughs> but you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still, people. I think that the fact that we have um, stories that focus in on specific characters and I remember that during the time of Distant Lands, they were like saying, oh, you know, I want to see the focus on these characters next. And I'm sure that we'll get to that toward the end. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that no, not knowing on who was going to be the focus of, because we weren't given information about, about this little bit at a time. So we knew about Bimo first, and then people were saying, okay, What's going to be the next one and people were like debating and you know saying like oh i think it's going to be these characters who are going to be next and then finally we did get the reveal on the next characters when we saw it on the trailer just a few months later and it was going to be obsidian and this one was going to be about marceline and princess bubblegum and it premiered a few months later on november 19th so here is the simple plot synopsis marceline with princess bubblegum traveled to the glass kingdom where is under the threat of the dragon moto Larvo, trapped inside a furnace of the kingdom well, currently in a romantic relationship, Marceline has to deal with her past conflicts.
1: Obsidian, hands down, I think is my favorite episode of the series.
0: Mm yeah um, so uh yeah i guess we can get started so um
1: oh sorry i, I didn't mean to cut you off there no
0: oh no 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 no, no. go ahead go ahead i, I don't
1: mind <laughs> no i was just i like to wax poetic about this it, it's okay it's okay it, yeah so. go, go for it go okay for it. um yeah no i loved this episode i'm a huge 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 marceline fan i'm a huge bubbling fan and when we, when they announced that they were going to be doing some episodes and and like you said Bima was one of the characters that was picked or or going to be featured i was like okay well we i need i need to know more about bubblegum and and Marceline, and I was so happy that they decided to do it. And I'm happy that it's, a, it was a pretty intense episode in places. Um, mm-hmm. Emotionally, uh, it had some extremely, well, I don't wanna say mature content, that's not what I mean. But like, it, it was scary at times, like when Marceline's mom coughs up blood. Yeah, <laughs> That's something we hadn't seen on Adventure Time before. Um, I know that during the season, production of the season five episode, um, Simon and Marcy, Originally in the storyboard, Simon was trying to find medicine for Marceline rather yes. than chicken soup, and Cartoon Network was like, "Oh no, that's too dark." And so from that, you know, we go to from there to this, where Marceline's mom has some sort of, I don't know, radiation poisoning or something. Yeah, it, it looks it, like
0: radiation poisoning, considering that it takes place shortly after the events of the Mushroom War.
1: Yeah, and that's just like really, really intense. And then you're dealing with that alongside. Uh, Marceline and Bubblegum's developing relationship, or not developing relationship, like the past of their relationship as well as the sort of present and future of it. Yeah, and it deals with some fairly heavy topics for relationships, like honesty and 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 expressing what you feel and and. Truthfulness and all that good stuff, and I just I thought it was really really touching, um, and I loved it.
0: Yeah, uh, out of the four specials, this one has the most music, which it makes a lot of sense because it is Marceline after all. Yeah. But the music here is some of the best that Adventure Time has ever featured.
1: I completely agree. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, I know that uh, the it was um the musicians who who helped uh, write the some of the music for the the episode were Half Shy and Zuzu, who are artists. Um that were previously not affiliated with the show, but who Adam Muto liked and just reached out to him and said, Hey, do you want to write some songs for us? Mm -hmm. And they were both of them were big Adventure Time fans and both of them were really, really excited to do it. And I can tell you can tell because the quality of the music is fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Zuzu is a um British singer from Liverpool and half shy is a indie musician from like the West Coast, I believe is Seattle.
1: Yeah, I think she's Seattle. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um I actually did a video discussing about the four ways that fans would be able to become so integral to their favorite shows that they eventually became a part of their favorite shows. And I did a whole discussion about uh, Obsidian. In fact, Obsidian was the reason why I did that video in the first place was because I learned about what Half Shy did where she was a huge Adventure Time fan to the point in which she actually wrote Adventure Time fan songs. And Adam Muto listened to some of her songs and even bought her album and was like, Hey, would you like to write uh, some songs for um, distant lands? And she was saying yes, she would love to. And she wrote monster and i even said when i did that video that monster at the time that i did that video was in like the top five songs according to spotify oh, right wow, up really? there yeah it was like right up there with um you know i remember you and uh various other songs as you know um um as one of the best songs that was featured and it gotten unanimous praise from a lot of people and um it was You know, and you can definitely tell that um, Half Shy really knew about the characters and about Marceline's feelings and um, knowing about the context of how Marceline was feeling as a vampire because we saw this already in previous episodes and um how much that bubblegum had meant to her in terms of changing her for the better where she was able to become a lot less angry and a lot less angsty and finally being able to um you know confront her past that she's been trying to hide away from it for hundreds of years and this is the first time that we actually do get to see more flashbacks of her mom and we got a bit of it in the stakes miniseries but not that much but finally we got to see the whole thing and wow does it leave you so sad it's a major heartbreaking moment
1: yeah it really shows that i mean marceline's a character that i feel like has sort of a puppy that's been kicked around a lot you know every parental figure that she's had has either abandoned her died or gone crazy yeah by the
0: way um are, are you familiar with the marcy and simon comic series right
1: uh, yeah, I, I am. I haven't actually read them, but I do have, the, I have the collected, like, uh, collection. I just haven't okay. gotten around to reading it.
0: Okay, so um, Olivia Olson, the voice of Marceline, actually took the lyrics from a song that she sang in the Marcy and Simon comic book series, and it's called Take Care, Caretaker. And if you, like, read the lyrics, you know, it's actually pretty heartbreaking. But when you listen to Olivia singing it, Wow, is it amazing because you have her singing about both and Abadier and Simon about how you know she had to. um, You know, be cared for as a child and then eventually, for some reason or another, they left her and so then she concludes the song saying well i'm going to take care of myself now.
1: Oh that's sweet.
0: Yeah, I'm, it's on Olivia Olson's YouTube channel. I highly recommend that you check it out.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely need to do that. I need to read the comics too, because you know, all things Adventure Time are good things. Adventure Time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, uh, I actually, um, if if uh, you and the viewers are interested, I know a little fun tidbit about the song "Wake Up." That, oh yeah,
0: uh, go for it. Go for it. Yeah.
1: So I actually, so I've I, I worked on that book about the production history of Adventure Time, and I'm working on a kind of an updated version with a bunch of other new fun stuff in it. And while working on that, I, I reached out to Zuzu and- Oh, asked nice, I, you I,
0: did. I yeah. finally, you finally reached out to Zuzu. I, I know you I finally
1: would. got. Yeah, I finally got in contact with her. Um, And I asked if, if she'd be willing to answer some questions and she was like, yeah, that's no problem. And she told me that uh, when Adam uh, reached out to her and, and said, hey, would you be interested in writing uh, the song for, basically what became Woke Up? there was some sort of miscommunication and she thought that she was going to write all of the music for the special she wrote she wrote woke up to be the breakup song and then she wrote eternity with you to be kind of like what monster would have been gotcha gave him you know sent him over and adam was like oh oops i didn't mean that but this song slaps so we're going to use it at the end so they (laughs) kind of rewrote the lyrics a little bit um but they managed to use both of them which i thought was kind of funny so zuzu got two songs out of it um accidentally and both of them are good so i was yeah yeah, yeah i
0: do agree yes um, um but i thought that that was interesting because um you know, it, it's definitely like the complete opposite. If you listen to both of them. So Woke Up is the breakup song that uh, Marceline sings to Bubblegum and trying to confront Moto who is attacking the Glass Kingdom. And then we have Eternity With You, which is the last song and Glass Boy sings it with, um, you know, with uh, him playing on Marceline's, you know, toy, uh, well, um like um cardboard ukulele and we have marceline and bubblegum dancing together and it definitely is like a great song to kind of close things off because it just shows that you know i cannot do anything without you i want to spend the rest of my life with you and then we even have that nice little number uh that that little flashback moment in which we finally get to see how bubblegum got the shirt
1: that was the moment i feel like the the fandom had everyone in the fandom and wanted to see well maybe not everyone but a good part of the fandom had wanted to see you know how did princess bubblegum get that shirt what is the story behind the shirt and they never told us they never told us and then in the very very last scene of the very very last marceline and bubblegum episode we get to see how the shirt you know the shirt story and it was it was very emotionally touching and, and sweet uh and it was nice to have that that episode end obviously it ended on a happy note Mm -hmm. adventure time it usually does but end in kind of like a definitively happy way.
0: Yeah, it did actually, because I even said in my video, if this was the last time we were going to see Marceline and Bubblegum, I would be a hundred percent satisfied. And I was because we finally get to learn about what happened with Marceline and her mom during the events of the Mushroom War. We finally get to see them together. We finally get to have that closure where we get to see them together and finally make up. And we get to finally see where um, Bubblegum got the shirt. And we even get to see what happened with Finn. So yeah. Yeah, that was actually a bit of a surprise where we got to see an adult Finn because we saw um Simon in the beginning of the special and he looked pretty much the same so we thought okay this takes place shortly after the events of yeah. the you know of the, the 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 war. But no, it takes place like decades later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that definitely caught me off guard when I first saw it. And it was it was one of those moments where it it wasn't like he finn was older he wasn't a kid anymore um no no uh little white hat and you'd think it would be sad but it was kind of like a triumphant like oh okay well he's still he's still out there you know even though he's not a kid anymore a little boy running around saving the world he's still a, a full-grown man uh running around saving the world with yeah with Bronwyn and maybe Simon I don't know what Simon's doing now but you know
0: yeah yeah I I guess maybe we'll get it in uh, Fiona and Cake because yeah. we saw Simon in the promotional arts so maybe he'll have a part in this I don't know but yeah I I think that um it's really cool and it kind of like a full circle moment where we got to see Finn and Bronwyn together because you know, Finn and Jake were always like really close friends and they were practically brothers. And so um, we have Finn basically taking over and, um, you know, teaching Bronwyn the ropes. So it's like, yeah, that's actually pretty sweet that, you know, he's able to teach uh, Jake's granddaughter the ropes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I liked that. And of course, it brings up the question of what happened to Jake, which I feel like we both know. And don't know at the same time. You yeah, know? like yeah. he obviously died, but, obviously. but there's a huge, you know, mysterious like question mark there. Um, yeah. And I know the fandom was sort of in denial when that happened, because they're like, <laughs> no, 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 he's not dead. He's not dead. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you
0: know. Right, right if that had
1: been the end like if that had been the last time we saw Finn and jake ever that would have been terrible oh yeah i agree because it's
0: like it would have been like a huge question mark and like a bunch of theories would have been flying around it's like wait a minute what happened to jake is he dead did he just go away what happened yeah so
1: i'm i'm glad we got that answered uh in the next episode but at the time it was still like oh wow time is moving on for these characters and and so I guess that's okay, you know, that's how the world works.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, my issues with this special, and I even said this on our original podcast on Adventure Time, the Glass Kingdom characters, I did oh, yeah. not like them.
1: No, I didn't either. Glass Boy was annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and no, no disrespect to Michaela D. She Oh did no, a phen- absolutely not. No, she did a phenomenal job. And you know, she's doing great now. I I mean, I saw her in the Owl House as V, and she's also doing the ghost of Molly McGee as Daryl, the younger oh, okay. brother of Molly. So yeah, she's she's doing still phenomenal work, but Man, did I just not care about glass boy or any of the other characters I mean that one moment where you have Marceline just feeling so sad when she listened to the voice message. of her mom saying that she was going to be okay in the shelter and that you know she knows that she is a good girl, because she has a good heart and you feel that emotional moment where she's crying and she realizes that her mom didn't abandon her the reason why that she told her to go to the shelter was because she loved her and she didn't want her to see her die and then the moment that we see the shadows like wait a minute is that princess bubblegum coming back to confront marceline and say i'm sorry nope it's glass boy is saying hey it's me and i'm like god oh, damn it yeah and
1: he said it in the most obnoxious way too i mean again it was Purposefully obnoxious, I know it was get
0: purposefully, but oh that moment <laughs> yeah. was dead oh, to God. me.
1: <laughs> I think one reason I know I I uh, on Instagram, um, I I was following uh, I follow Hannah Kay, and I. Asked her who one of the storyboard artists, and I asked her, you know, was Glass Boy inspired by the Marceline fans? And she was like, Oh, definitely. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's the reason I I don't like him because he reminds me too much of me because that's exactly the the beginning part when he he goes to her house and uh, like sees her for the first time and she's sort of uh, there's like a presented as like almost a God to him. Yeah, and exactly. Oh,
0: St. Marceline, yeah, we need that's your e- assistance. That's
1: exactly how I would be. I would be like, Oh my gosh, Marceline. So cool. <laughs> so maybe that's why I find glass boy to be a little obnoxious. It's, I get it's, it, too, I get it's it. too close.
0: I get it. I completely get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do. That's awesome.
1: I do wonder why they, they, I mean, I guess maybe the glass kingdom was just kind of a new place, but, um, I don't know it was it was just whatever it felt yeah it was
0: kind of whatever again it just felt like what you would see in adventure time at least with the drift you know it was definitely a bit of a different change of pace because it was well in space and
1: yeah definitely but
0: the glass kingdom again not really That much I mean I did like the design of it, I thought it was really cool and I like the colors of it, but it wasn't like wow this is completely different and so unique and fresh but. I mean it was just okay, you know, and I I actually really did like the touch that it was like in a desert and you know you have and when you know that if you combine sand with extreme heat you make glass and I thought that that was really clever.
1: yeah absolutely And and I and I uh it was pretty too. Like, like artistically, it looked yes, really great. it was also, abso- absolutely. Yeah, I also love. Um, I don't know who the actress was, so I'm blanking. But the person who voiced See Through Princess.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know who that is. I believe either. she's
1: Australian. She Possibly. Had a, she, she had a nice accent, and I liked how she said Marseline. <laughs>
0: Marseline. Marseline. <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: good, yes. Saint Ma- good Saint Marseline. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it wasn't like a didn't take away from it terribly, but it wasn't my favorite part. Um,
0: sure, I mean, was- everything else was great though. I, I really yeah. like that opening. The, the one thing that I thought was really, really clever was the Glass Kingdom was singing Marceline's song completely wrong. And you would think mm-hmm. like, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of years later, they, you know, the words would be changed, rearranged and the lyrics would be completely off than what it was before. And the melody would kind of still keep to it, but be changed over time. Time, I thought that 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 opening bit where Glassboy is like walking in the desert and we get to see uh, Marceline and Bubblegum just living off their domestic lives together, Mm -hmm. I thought that that was like really, really clever. I really did like that part. And I mean, I also did enjoy, um, you know, with like, um, at first that Bubblegum and Marceline didn't want to go back into the glass kingdom and we didn't know why at the time we just thought okay well maybe their adventure time is over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cl- 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 there. Okay. Anyway, so maybe they're t- maybe they just want to just settle down and just be a couple and not have to worry about saving the world but no there's actually much more of a deeper connection than that and they thought, you know they even suggested hey you know there are plenty of other heroes out there suggesting Finn and then we even have like bits of moments where we actually do get to see like the flashbacks from marceline it's like oh yeah you know this is from the stakes miniseries and this is from that episode and this is from this episode and it was able to like culminate together and i also really enjoyed um you know seeing um you know bubblegum and marceline they you know they are getting along but at first you have um you know them kind of like fighting towards each other because when Marceline tried to play it woke up again and then it didn't work and then Bubblegum decided that you know she was going to be the one to do yeah. plan B behind Marceline's back and then they just kind of like fight it off saying like no I can't do it and then she realizes that she doesn't have that much angst anymore because well I mean she's been with Bubblegum and she was able to become a lot softer and became a lot more trust um you know uh trustful for a lot of people
1: I did like that bit when she's uh she's can't think of like an angsty song yeah yeah i was talking about like a
0: a hairbrush or something yeah using a
1: hairbrush and then she i can't remember the exact line but she's like oh no it it has my like you know happiness drained all of my artistic ability yeah
0: yeah no
1: the answer was no because uh just different types of of emotions uh she's feeling now but yeah it was good i loved obsidian i thought it was like i said i think is my favorite of the
0: it's my second favorite to be sure because um the other than the the glass kingdom and glass boys stuff like I didn't care <laughs> but other than that everything else was just phenomenal the music yeah. was phenomenal the characters that we got to see um coming back they were able to expand their storylines which makes a whole lot of a, a whole lot of sense they were able to reveal some moments that we wanted to know about for a long time like Marceline's backstory and the relationship with Ma- Marceline and Bubblegum we got that answered and it was able to end it on such a wonderful note I think that out of the endings in terms of tone, it's my favorite because it's definitive, it's happy, and you feel like it's completely satisfied. It is complete.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like you said, if this was the last Marceline and Bubblegum episode, and this is this is hard for me to say, but I do agree. If this was the last one, I would be okay with that. It's yeah, a good yeah, ending. absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's go over to the third one. Now, here's the thing that I'm sure a lot of people already know. Now, due to the COVID 19 pandemic, there were a lot of delays in terms of what would be the third special, Wizard City. But because that together again was almost complete, they decided to switch positions and this time around we had what was originally supposed to be the last episode of distant lands become the third to last episode of distant lands and it shows by the Mm -hmm. way so i'm actually curious do you want to actually talk about together again or should we go over to wizard city which was originally supposed to be the third special
1: oh that's a good idea I, i i actually think that's a good idea yeah
0: okay if so let's know, talk about yeah let's talk about wizard city because even though that i believe that uh hannah k uh, or somebody stated okay um you know we have bemo obsidian and together again as like the main course and wizard city is like the uh peppermint um you know after dinner mint or something like that um which okay i can completely understand if you want to say it from that perspective but if you were to watch both of them back to back you kind of had a feeling on what was really the last episode. of yeah. Disneyland. So let's go over to wizard city. So Peppermint Butler starts off as an inexperienced student at wizard school to attempt to relearn magic when events on the school campus lead to suspicion, suspicion of pep due to his past. The question remains whether he can master the magic soon enough to show that he is innocent. So, For those who are really confused as to why is Peppermint Butler a child, you clearly (laughs) didn't see the last um You know episodes of the series where he fell into the dum dum juice and he reverted back to a child, and so we do get to see that portion of the story where we were like, okay, um you know what happened to Pepperman Butler? Because we did see it together again, which again I think that that's like the furthest part of the series, mm-hmm. even more so than Obsidian, that you know he turns back to normal. But in this part we have the young peppermint butler and he goes over to wizard city so that he can be able to go over to the wizard school and he can be able to relearn his magic again and um yeah so wizard city this one definitely feels like something that you would see in adventure time you have the city that's filled with magic and everybody has their own unique ways of doing it and you have Uh, the school, which definitely kind of reminds me of Hogwarts with like, oh, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to be sorted into this school because of the amount of magic that you know. And then we have uh, a new character, Kadabra, who is the niece of Daniel. And then we have this mysterious thing that's going on involving with like students disappearing. And then there's like this, um, you know, huge um, mystery that's being unfolded. And a lot of people are saying like, okay, what's going on? And then people are saying, okay, well maybe Peppermint Butler was the one who did it because, you know, he was the, you know, the master of dark magic and he was forever (laughs) banned in wizard city. And so then, you know, Peppermint Butler, And Pep had to lie saying, Oh, no, 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 I'm his nephew. And (laughs) I'm nowhere anywhere near my uncle peppermint Butler. So yeah, Uh, basically, it's kind of like if you took like a mystery series mixed with monsters and magic and uh, going to school and you have wizard city.
1: Yeah, nice, healthy, uh, someone described it, I think as like mixing Harry Potter and summer camp island together. Oh, uh, interesting. Which I kind of I can definitely see that. Um yeah, I so I will I'll be uh upfront here. This was probably my least favorite of the four and okay, I can for see reasons that. for reasons I can talk about here in a second cuz I don't want to rush through anything, but uh I did I I want to say on a start off on a positive here. Uh Abricadebra, I think is her name or just Cadebra.
0: Yeah, it's just Cadebra.
1: F- fantastic character
0: <laughs> yes i i love her her and y5 are tied as to like my new favorite characters that were featured in these specials
1: yeah it was very i it this doesn't happen a lot i feel like with with um uh media but i i feel like i kind of just wanted her to be the star oh she was sure. so charming just so sweet and you know whenever you introduce a new character it can always be really really tricky to get it get it right and to make it feel like something other than just sort of you forced in a new character there. But I definitely felt that way with her. I, I was like, oh, she she feels like a character that has been here, the, you know, for the show the entire time. Yeah, uh,
0: and also not to mention that she did have kind of a connection with Daniel because yeah. they were family. But she is her own character completely separated from Daniel, which could have been so much easy if they would have played in that direction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they could have just been like, oh, this is her entire personality is, you know,
0: basically Abra Daniel. Abra Daniel. yes yeah.
1: and they didn't they they gave her a complete new sort of direction i mean that you're you can still tell like it, it, she still feels kind of like some somebody that Abra Daniel would be related to but uh it, she's different in her own way and i love that i i um i hope that if we do get more of wizard city or, or some sort of wizard city adjacent material that we get more of her
0: Yeah. Uh, And I also really like the fact that out of all the magic that she's really, really interested in learning, she's learning about like parlor tricks that you would see in like your typical birthday party or bar mitzvah or magic show, which I thought that that was actually really cute that she's more interested in that as opposed to like real magic as you would say like with spells and mm-hmm. with potions and concoctions and summonings it's like no i want to learn about card tricks and making things disappear
1: i, I it's been a, a second since i've seen it but I, she was pretty good at like actual magic wasn't she
0: yeah she like, was she just but didn't like it yeah she just didn't like it she didn't really mm-hmm. care for it she just wanted to learn parlor tricks yeah
1: i love adventure time's willingness to take like sort of take the obvious answer and then sort of toss it out so like Marceline is a demon vampire but she's also this like lovesick uh, hero and you have a uh, Cadebra who's like really good at magic but she doesn't want to do that she wants to do the parlor tricks because that's the neat stuff you know yeah like the and bits. then you
0: have princess bubblegum who's like really pretty and sweet but she's kind of like a, a scientist who's also a very controlling dictator
1: exactly so it continues that trend of sort of giving, it's having an obvious answer that is not taken.
0: Right. And and
1: I like that. Yeah. And yeah.
0: So yeah, yeah. I think that's, um, a thing that I was genuinely surprised at was there was a side of mystery to it that involved with like, you know, people disappearing and also somebody dies who just happens to be a child. And I'm like, oh my God, they went there.
1: That's what shocked me so much. And that's one thing I, I, I didn't particularly love about it was that not to say that adventure time has always had like it's death and violence and stuff but this one felt like strangely like not even really mean-spirited just unnecessarily dark at times
0: oh sure like, yeah. there was
1: a lot of death <laughs> yeah which well, a lot me. Of, and, and
0: that was surprising to say the least like i just thought oh maybe he was like captured and maybe put in a jail and forced magic or being controlled or something but no he's dead
1: he died <laughs> he died he, i think he exploded too well we didn't see that but well, I, I mean think no we didn't they, see
0: that we just see his skeleton on a throne
1: yeah and that the ending when when um peppermint butler is filled with the the spirit of um Coquentepe, i think his name yeah kokan and then he just murders all of the wizards why <laughs> yeah are, like
0: wow like yeah i was a, that was surprising Not- like i mean we find out that oh this the, the the professors at this wizard school was the one who did it oh shock shock surprise yeah. surprise but then when peppermint butler is taken over by coke and Tepe, it's like yeah you guys are gonna die too and then we have um you know finally peppermint butler is able to be controlled with his dark self thanks to uh Kadabra. and finally we have him ripping out his essence of the actual peppermint butler who has been telling him this entire time which i don't know i mean that doesn't really make a lot of sense considering that he kind of comes back and together again i don't know where that goes in maybe he comes back maybe he actually grows up to be the person he didn't want to be which actually would be really interesting but (laughs) i don't know they don't exactly answer that question
1: i know that i had to do a lot of digging because i was confused as to what that sort of i liked the idea of like being haunted by yourself like the i ghost actually did of yourself. like that
0: too it kind but of, i was con- yeah go ahead
1: i was just gonna say i didn't i didn't understand the timeline very well um
0: yeah i didn't understand the timeline either because clearly together again was like the furthest from the timeline compared to the other four specials and we see that because well um peppermint butler is a child in this one and not an adult as we saw in together again so yeah that doesn't exactly make a lot of sense in terms of the plot um but i think that what kind of elevates it just a tad bit for me was actually i did actually like the surroundings of wizard city i actually Mm -hmm. like that there was a bit of a mystery to it that kind of like made you feel suspenseful and they were able to get down the story i think that thanks to um obsidian and together again they actually did know how far they can take the story which is why Mm -hmm. i think that it was like the third best but and in terms of like how i felt i just felt cold when watching it it's like wow you know they were able to kill Spader and you know tepi was able to kill off the professors and choose we have choose goose who gets taken over by Cocontepe. What?
1: Yeah, it was it was a lot. And and it, it was one of those things that when it happened, I was like, okay, well, I mean this is adventure time. I can, I can, I can buy some of the stuff. And it's not, it wasn't bad. Like I didn't hate it or anything like that. But it just felt very different strange yeah it it
0: was different and you know what i will give them credit that it was able to take it in a place that was not what you would expect in adventure time that's true i still don't know how to feel about it
1: yeah i think it's one of those that as time goes on i'll probably come to enjoy it like the others sure but um but yeah i don't know it's it's the 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 school parts though uh, like you said, sort of exploring, um, the wizard city, like school stuff. Uh, I liked that. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, Uh, I I really
0: did enjoy the dynamics of Peppermint Butler and Cadabra together. Mm Mm-hmm. I did and, as well, and I also enjoyed the music you know half shy was able to come back again and do the music for this special which i'm glad that she was able to get another chance, considering that Zuzu got two songs in obsidian. And you know um, half shy only got one, but no they were able to balance it out by having half shy do the music for wizard city, which I thought was really nice.
1: yeah that's cool I I didn't know about that until I think it aired and and. They, yeah because uh, they didn't, yeah they, they
0: credit her with her real name and not just half shy
1: yeah and that was that's cool i i, I always love it when when uh, folks that worked on the show come back uh mm-hmm.
0: especially because... if they were people who didn't originally work on the show to begin yeah. with and even more so a person who was simply a fan of the show that was able to do such a good job that they decided to bring them back again
1: yeah that's pretty cool yeah um i told i told uh Hasha when i talked to her that i was i was very jealous of of the, uh, her experience in a good way of course you know like sure, sure as a fan getting their right for your favorite show that's like literally the dream of every fan out there so that's well hey i mean maybe you'll get
0: your chance i mean fiona and cake is gonna be coming out
1: maybe you never know
0: <laughs> that's true um I mean, I know yeah, that they said that um, it was going to be like a mini series, and I know they're doing production, but who knows, maybe they're working on something else that we don't know about.
1: That's true, and very well could be, because they're kind of, they're pretty secretive, you know. And yeah, uh, they they always the like
0: to do something, and then before you know it, it's like, hey, we're having this coming out. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, I don't All think right. they
0: so expected. yeah, that's that's pretty much it in terms of Wizard City. So yeah, let's finally go. What is what was originally supposed to be the last episode of the special, but as we mentioned earlier, due to the fact that there was a lot of delays due to COVID, that it couldn't uh, come out in time. So together again. So here's the plot synopsis. Uh, by the way major spoilers by the way because it okay you know what i'm not going to read the plot synopsis because they they give it away so let me just start off with the beginning of the the plot so it starts off with finn and jay going on their adventure grabbing like the 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 50 flavors of ice cream and so they go over and they save um uh what was it like lumpy space princess and turtle princess from the ice king from boiling ice which that makes sense (laughs) and so it, it does definitely play off like what you would see in an early episode of Adventure Time, which I thought was like really, really clever and had a lot of great callbacks and, you know, uh, and it also had like uh, a lot of Easter eggs if you're able to pay attention. And then we see Jake saying, oh, I, I have to go. I'm, you know, this is where I belong when, um, the, uh, you know, when he starts like melting away and then he lands into the grave um, stone and then he goes over to um, the hole and then finally the ice cream, you know, goes down there too and then, um, you know, Finn is trying to rescue him and then, you know, it turns out that it was like some sort of like memory sucking monster and we say we see an old Finn you know kicking it out and saying oh well it was just a a perfect illusion uh thinking that i was back in the old days and, and that was actually quite a surprise i did not expect that to to happen
1: i was curious where the how they were gonna kind of wrap up finn and jake's because they 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 advertised this as like you know finn and jake reunite and go on their biggest adventure yet and i was like you know i feel like they've said that for everything so how are <laughs> they gonna do this and within the first however many minutes, it's like, oh, they're dead. Yeah,
0: like like, that was a surprise. I thought that this was going to be the special where Jake died.
1: Yeah, I did too. I
0: I thought that this was going to be okay. We saw in Obsidian that Finn had the tattoo, that most likely Jake is dead. And I thought that this was going to be their final adventure. That, you know, at some point, Jake was going to die and Finn was going to, you know, be sad. And then he was going to be his own adventurer. And then he was going to take Bronwyn under his wing and they were going to go on to their own adventures. But no, it took me into a direction I never thought that was going to happen. They are dead.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and it wasn't even, and it didn't end with the whole like, oh, well, they, well, I guess it kind of did. They they got a chance at life again, but in a different way. It wasn't yeah, like they were returned, you know, back to Ooh, the same, it was, they died. Like that was, that was the end of Finn and Jake, but not the end of Finn and Jake, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're saying. And I know that somebody out there had their minds implode for the- condition. Yeah,
1: exactly. I know people, I there are people that I've talked to who are like, I didn't like it because like it, it was the, you know, it was like it, Finn and Jake's story didn't have an end. It was too cyclical. And I'm like, I, isn't that the point of the show? I feel like that's a point the show often made is that like, Yeah, it goes, I mean, it's
0: in the theme song, by the way. Yeah, exactly. The I fun agree. will never end.
1: But if, in terms of like having a a sh- uh, an episode dedicated to, you know, your main characters dying, it was surprisingly fun and happy and lighthearted for, for what it was, you know, and I really enjoyed it. I thought, I think. Personally, I think Obsidian's my favorite but I, I kind of try and the critic in me tries to will say that I think together again was probably the best like the- I agree,
0: this is my favorite one, it was so incredible it had the whole package, mm-hmm. it had our favorite characters reuniting together, it had uh, the, I really did enjoy seeing you know, the land of the dead. And mm-hmm. it was, and, you know, seeing like the different sections was like really, really cool. And reuniting with other characters that we haven't seen in so long, like Shoko and Joshua, Margaret, Germaine, yeah. and, and um, tree trunks. yeah, tree trunks, her last performance right before she passed away. Oh, oh man. And it was man. a
1: good, good, strangely, I feel like it was tasteful. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it
0: was. I,
1: I know that um back back in the day, you know, when uh, Adventure Time was in its fifth or sixth season or whatever, when uh, Jesse Moynihan was still on the show, um, the fans would, and he would like pop into forums and stuff and talk to us sometimes. Okay. Uh, there was uh, one forum that we went to that was called Landivu and he would, every once in a while jump in. And he mentioned how he always wanted to get like the how the basically how death in Adventure Time works because there's oh, oh, like oh I know what you're from.
0: referring to is this the one yeah. where like you know there was a hole in the land and you know like an earth and then Jake died and then it filled up
1: oh well that, no that was Steve Wolfhard's oh um, that's like, Steve Wolfhard's. okay but that, but it was similar it was it, well it was basically uh Jesse w- w- wanted to figure out like how did the how did the afterlife and Ooh work because kind of when you read it it doesn't make a lot of sense because you can either go to an afterlife or you can be reincarnated and that was always a big mystery the show had like its afterlife never made a ton of sense and i like how this special was able to fairly clearly explain right what exactly the the mechanics are and like how you can be reincarnated or stay or you know all that good stuff so Mm -hmm. it was strange there was like a strange helping of 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 a fictional theology that <laughs> I found interesting, you know?
0: Yeah. And also I really did enjoy how the story was played out. So mm-hmm. we have, um, you know, the second death or new death as he's called, where he wants to be able to just get rid of reincarnation and the other worlds and have everybody just die in like the first world where everything sucked. And the reason why was well we'll get to that later, but he was just like really angry at death and he just wanted things to be completely changed and yeah he's not a very good guy that's for sure. No,
1: not likeable really.
0: No, no, which makes like for a really good antagonist when you take a look into it and also I think that the biggest surprise for me was that we got to see Tiffany and Tiffany became a major part of the story.
1: Yeah, he was he was like actually not just a joke character, but rather, yeah, like a a very important part of the resolution, I guess.
0: Yeah, which was kind of surprising, considering that Tiffany had always had a jealousy towards Finn because, you know, he was Jake's really close friend. And so the fact that we got to see Tiffany kind of helping Finn out was really surprising.
1: I also like the little bit where at the very end, uh, Joshua and Margaret said they were adopting him. Yeah, <laughs> so he did become like Finn and Jake's brother. Um, and that was that was funny. Um, <laughs> I, w- I was not expecting Tiffany to have a huge role. Then again, I wasn't expecting Mr. Fox. At the yeah, six- like that, that's
0: even much yeah. of a lesser character in the series.
1: I uh, I, after the episode aired, I I emailed Tom Herpik, who is the storyboard artist who voices Mr. Fox, and he, mm-hmm. he didn't work on um, uh, distant lands, but he uh, he they called him, you know, up to voice the character. And he told me that when they told him kind of what the situation was, he was totally in the dark as to what exactly that meant. He thought that he was going to be bad, like the villain, because I think he heard that he was going to be new death and that new death was bad. But I think he misheard and instead of new death, he's going to be new, new death. So he said it was really fun and, and an unexpected twist. And I liked it too. Cause poor, poor Mr. Fox always had like the worst luck in the series. So. Yeah,
0: he did. So it was nice to see Mr. Fox actually get like a nice closure that, mm-hmm. um, you know, was able to completely close off his story. It's just too bad that it happened when he was dead.
1: Yeah, exactly. I guess yeah, better than nothing, but yeah, <laughs> less than a deal for most.
0: <laughs> right, right. But, uh, we, uh, you know, the biggest plot twist for me was that when we find out about New Death, that not only was he Death's son, which I guess makes a lot of sense because the original voice actor for Death had passed away years before uh, Distant mm-hmm. Lands aired. But also, he was controlled by the Lich. And if I, if you remember by like watching the special, and I watched it five times, you see subtle references of the Lich in the flashbacks of New Death, which mm-hmm. is really, really clever.
1: Yeah, I totally missed that the first time. I mean, it was obvious that something was up with him, but
0: yeah, yeah. I, I
1: totally missed the Lich stuff until rewatching it and being like, oh wow, no, they were they were basically telling us what what's going down we just had to keep our eyes peeled for it and I yeah didn't. yeah
0: like also the fact that he was like whispering to his hand mm-hmm. and um you know we saw like the lich shadow in the background and yeah like that was great foreshadowing that you really need to watch a second or third time to get and yeah you know the, the finally we get to have like the last um confrontation with the lich which was actually really really satisfying it and, was yeah uh you know that that final confrontation with um you know finn and jake having to take down uh new death and you know remove the lich once and for all and i just thought that that was like really really cool and the,
1: go ahead oh i was just gonna say the choreography of that i don't know if choreography is the right word for a cartoon but like the blocking of that scene too where they're like jumping around and uh I believe there was a scene where they're jumping around like transforming through their past lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember if that was when they were fighting. The yeah, they were, or... they, were,
0: they were fighting each other to see who was going to be the one to kill off That's new right. death. Because right. whoever cu- killed off new death was going to be the new new death.
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, I the, that... you're
0: absolutely right. I, I love the way that they were able to change into their different forms. Like, you know, with like Finn turning into Shoko and Jake turning into the tiger. I just thought that was really, really cool.
1: It was definitely uh, um, an episode that would make sense if you weren't like a, a hardcore fan. I think you could probably follow it for the most part, but it was an episode that had a ton of references for like the people who are super into the show's mythology, you know, uh, like, yeah, like Shoko, like if you knew that Shoko was Finn's past life, that's a fun little find or you uh, not, not just a fun little five, like a super cool Easter egg that I wasn't expecting I don't know.
0: Oh, no, no, no. I, th- I thought it was like, really, really cool. And also really surprising that um, Jonathan Frakes didn't come back to voice older Finn like he did in Dungeon Train and Puhoy. It was actually yeah. David Bradley, uh, who you might know as Mr. Filch from the Harry Potter movies.
1: I want to know the story of like, not nothing against him. It was fine. But I was just curious how he came to voice old finn you know what i mean
0: i mean maybe jonathan was really busy with like picard maybe he couldn't oh, could do be. it That's so. Be. yeah so i mean maybe that could have been i mean that's the only explanation i can think of because you know picard and um that special was happening around the same time so maybe he was too busy to do it
1: that would make sense yeah um
0: or maybe could- they just thought oh you know like uh they-, they wanted like an authentic older voice for finn because like um, and David Bradley was able to pull it off really well. I mean, I couldn't hear his British accent, which I thought was like no. really, really good.
1: When I heard that it was that the, it was the actor who played Filch from from Harry Potter, I was like, that doesn't seem right. Does yeah, not that doesn't sound,
0: sound like anything like him.
1: Oh, he's he's got some skills there, I guess.
0: Yeah, like I'm surprised he hasn't done a lot of voice acting.
1: Yeah, seriously, maybe this is his foray into it. You know,
0: maybe uh, possibly.
1: Yeah, but it, I yeah, it, it just was lovely. Um, I don't know. It was a it was a fantastic. The whole thing was a really fantastic send off to characters, and I love that it it was able to both close the. I not to sound cheesy. I think I've said this before, but like close the door on Finn and Jake's story, but not like the the story of their souls. Like that's an adventure that we'll probably never get to see, but that's definitely going to happen.
0: But yeah, exactly. You know,
1: have an ending.
0: I mean, a lot of people have debated on whether Finn and Jake come back as Shermie and Beth, but I don't know because that would have been like over a thousand years later. And I don't think that that was long, that, how long that took.
1: Yeah, I don't, it's, and it's one of those things I don't know if, if it, it, maybe it would work, but I don't know if we would need to.
0: Not really. Know that, I, mean, know I mean, I don't genuinely need to know what, what, you know, what happened to Finn and Jake after they got reincarnated, uh, you know, how many times they got reincarnated, but I don't really need to know the answer to that.
1: Sure. And, and, and I get why not to say like, if you, if someone's interested in that, I totally understand that too. I just, I like that the show was able to, to give us, um, an ending that was like, hopefully uh, like happy it was a happy ending i I thought at least yeah
0: yeah it was a happy ending but at the same time it was also really bittersweet which Mm -hmm. um i thought that that was actually really well done i mean especially where you have that last bit where it said you know finn and jake are together again which is a great tie-in to the original you know which to the title itself so yeah the fact that it was able to end in that way i just thought okay if adventure time ends right here then again, just like what I said with Obsidian, I would be one hundred percent satisfied. I, I don't need well. anything else. I got everything I needed. No more.
1: And it's I feel like it's pretty rare for um, a show to come back or a show to make a sequel or something that is sat like thoroughly satisfying. Like right. I feel like the the Distant Lands specials uh, and maybe together again can serve as kind of an exemplification of them as a whole. But like. Obviously not perfect nothing is but probably as close to perfect as I could have asked for you know
0: yeah like here's the thing that I will probably say now I understand what happened in the last season where they had to rush it because Cartoon Network Mm -hmm. said oh you're being canceled and they're like wait what. (laughs) <laughs> and so they had to rush a lot of things. And I know that they really wanted to go in depth with Gulb and they wanted to have this big climactic fight with the gum war, but they weren't able to do it in time. And I guess that this was kind of like their way of saying, hey, you know, we got another chance to tell more stories and to have a definitive ending, which, by the way, is really, really rare.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So the fact that they were able to take advantage of it, like, wow, they, they knocked it out of the park.
1: I, one th- thing that I was kind of impressed with was um, the the fact that, like you said, the the original finale had some like issues because of the network. And I thought that they did a fantastic job given the sort of situation they were handed with the finale. But then they also were like, oh, by the way, here's like finale 2.0 or whatever. And then it was also really good. Yeah. And yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, So many times shows will like end and then come back and just completely drop the ball or just not be good. I think that this was an instance, a good example of like having a year or so off allowed the writers, maybe Adam, to kind of recharge a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and deliver some, not that the previous stuff was low quality by any means, but I can imagine that, you know, making episode after episode after episode you know, back to back to back can be very draining. And, well, I think absolutely. This like- and, and
0: I'm sure that that was probably like even more pressure considering that, you know, hey, adventure time is over. What more can you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, is it going to be like one of those cases in which like, okay, we're going to see like the next installment and it's not going to be anywhere near as good because, mm-hmm. you know, usually a lot of the time when it comes to like, You know bringing back a series or something usually they won't have the original people who worked on it in the first place
1: yeah absolutely that's what when i heard that this was happening my first thought was okay well who's doing it and then i heard adam was in charge and i was like okay well i have no problem i adam i trust adam thoroughly and he's done i think i did a fantastic job show running the show in its final uh or back half basically so yeah
0: yeah back half because um yeah pen left after season five and then adam took over around season six
1: and yeah so i i was that's all i needed to hear (laughs) and uh i think it it definitely worked out that's the same way with the Fiona and cake stuff like as long as adam's involved i i'm here for it
0: yeah but uh you know again i have to give kudos for adam because Um, I I mean I'm sure that a lot of people have seen what happens when the original creators of the show leave and then somebody who was like a major showrunner or was alongside with the creator takes over and they have a completely different interpretation of Mm -hmm. the story and characters and um, yes it is different compared to what we've seen in like the early seasons where you know Penn was more like adventurous and Dungeons and Dragons like and um, you know self-contained stories with a lot of fun and goofy elements but then you have Adam who comes along and is able to take that same um scenario with uh Penn's vision and take it in a completely different direction by adding story and lore and character development and taking the show into a completely different direction but it was a direction that I think was kind of needed
1: I agree I, I think that obviously Penn Ward is a genius and uh I don't I I don't mean this to sound as disrespect it, not I don't want to disrespect him by saying oh, this sure, but sure I really, right. oh, come I really on. like Adam's interpretation of Ooh. Like I love that Pin sort of created these characters and this marvelous world and the sort of tone and style. And then Adam came in and basically, yeah took sand and made a sand castle with it you know yeah
0: yeah Uh, i i think that's what a lot of people seem to overlook when it comes to like the creation of something it's like you know we always give credit to the person who created it but the people who worked on it um are just as important like i mean you know a lot of the the writers are important which by the way i'm sure that you probably have already seen this but the animation guild has been doing this major hashtag called pay animation writers because we learned that animation writers don't make nearly as much money compared to live action writers and so yes. it's a shame considering that animation writers can put in so much just you know so much work and passion into anything that they write just as much as live action writers and sometimes even less with um you know the 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 amount of time that they have to put into it but they're able to still craft amazing work and also with like um you know the the artists. The artists who also work on it are just as important. I mean, we have um, you know the directors as well. I mean, you know, for I guess well, you know, going as like a video game example, you know, for Shigeru Miyamoto, the Legend of Zelda series wouldn't be anywhere near as amazing if you know. Um, uh uh well, you know um uh if uh, any of his producers weren't involved in it yeah. like e- Eiji Onuma, that's what i meant to say and uh Yoshiaki Koizumi for the same thing on the Mario series where he was able to bring some ideas that Miyamoto didn't even think of and he's like yeah that would work you know if without the likes of a lot of the people who worked on adventure time such as Adam and such as um all the other people they you know i don't know how um, adventure time would have evolved since then and um i think that it's important on that because it would still be the catalyst of what we would see in a lot of animated shows for the next decade where hey we need to have a story that has a lot of characters and it has a lot of world building and you know over the course of the show we're going to take it in a darker direction where it's a lot more serious and you know it ends on a really happy or bittersweet note and a lot of shows today are like that
1: Yeah, i adventure time very much laid uh or at least inspired others kind of laid a sort of stylistic foundation. And it's always really funny when I talk to people that aren't really super familiar with the show and I'm like, Oh yeah, I love this show. It's really, really smart, clever. Uh, it's got all this great lore. And then they try to watch it and they watch like, um, slumber party panic, the first episode. And the first line is princess bubblegum saying like, we need to add one more drop of explosive diarrhea. And they're always like, what? (laughs) This does not seem like the show you promised. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's weird. You got to kind of like give it a second, but you'll get there. And then they're always like, oh, wow. Yeah. If you just like pretty soon before you notice it, the show has, it it, it never changed. It just grew. It grew up basically in a fun way and like an exciting, good way. And uh, yeah, I always, I always love to hear people kind of being like, I don't really think this is the show for me. And I'd be like, well, just give it a just give it a little bit more time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that Guillermo del Toro said it best when he did the um the quote for the art book. He said It is the rarest of tales that can be told with the ease of a child. Adventure time is animated by incredible humanism, one that has its basis in the effortless bromance of Jake and Finn, yes, but one that also understands pathos, fragility, and loss. Contrary to Hollywood dictum, the characters are the story and its structure is not dictated by a creaky three-act structure. It stays infuriatingly real by simply being in awe of the world and its characters, by being profound profoundly in love with it all
1: that's beautiful I always loved also remembering that Guillermo Guillermo del Toro was a, was a big fan <laughs> yeah. that I was just like I don't know I I feel like when Penn created set out to create Adventure Time he wasn't like I'm going to create a cartoon that literally is going to change the game you know
0: no um, I mean especially since we we even talked about this that Nickelodeon turned it down five times because yeah. they felt it was too weird and it wasn't to their brand. And so um, instead, you know, Cartoon Network picked it up and look what happened. I mean, Cartoon Network became like the definitive network to watch animated shows yeah. in like the 2010s. Yeah,
1: it completely, yeah, just completely sort of took over. And, and I'm glad, I'm glad that it went that way route because animation, the sort of like story driven or, or plot driven animation that we've seen in the last few years obviously is not 100% because of adventure time but no no of course that not that played a show that played a huge part in it and and just sort of got people to recognize like oh well like we can tell we can use animation to tell stories that you know we can make a kids show basically that doesn't have to be just for children that like adults can watch without it being necessarily like a like a, oh, this, uh, you know, like a, like a My Little Pony situation where like, it's not intended for the older viewers, but then they still kind of end up watching it anyway. It's a situation where like, no, this is designed, we designed this for a seven-year-old, a 15-year-old and a 25-year-old, you know, to all watch at the same time and all enjoy at a different level. And I've, yeah. I've always loved that Adventure Time was able to do that. Um, yeah, actually.
0: whether you enjoy it for the jokes, whether you enjoy it for the story, whether you enjoy it for the characters, whether you enjoy it for the music, um any reason that you would enjoy it. it 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 satisfies everybody
1: yeah absolutely and that's so rare to me um at least in my experience i'm there i know that there are plenty of other great awesome shows out there that that do that to other people too that affect them in that way but adventure time was that show that i think one reason i i have such a strong feeling for it is because it was sort of that show that made me realize that oh you know i didn't outgrow animation it's just i I hadn't seen some of the uh, the right kind to sort of connect with me as a 20 year old or whatever. And when I saw Adventure Time, I was like, oh, wow, this is speaking to me, even though it's a show about fart jokes and and adventures and Dungeons and Dragons shenanigans. It's also extremely deep. Like there's beautiful characters and wonderful stories and it feels so real. And that's a strange thing to say about the land of oo, you know, it feels real.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does feel real, and um, you know, I'm. I, and no disrespect to Thad Komoroski, the writer of the Sick, "Sick Little Monkeys" Red and Stimpy story. Um, you know, I, I definitely respect his personal opinion. Where um, you know he talked about like you know when is the next golden age of animation going to happen when he was writing like the last chapter of his book discussing about like you know the golden era of television climax with SpongeBob SquarePants the last crafted cartoon of any kind to reach a wide audience and when he was talking about. Um, You know adventure time he said this in his uh, chapter not everyone can draw or write well, but it no longer matters, we have cartoon networks adventure time and regular show as the reward of slipping standards and a devaluation of skill. So um, he was talking about like you know we've entered the next dark age of animation, and you know when is going to be, you know the next golden era well. You know, again, Thad, I respect your um, opinion, and I'm not saying anything wrong about it in terms of like, oh, you're wrong, and, you know, you should be ashamed of it. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But I completely disagree. I think yeah. that we're living in the golden age of animation now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a lot of sort of fetishization and and romanticization of of older golden ages, especially, I mean, I love 90s animation. I love the old school Bugs Bunny animation. You know, I'm not saying we're good. But I think we do often look back at that stuff, nostalgically with with rose colored glasses. And it's, it's a bummer, because right now, like, there are so many cartoons that more than one, I should say, if there's more than one, I think that's, that's impressive. But there's more than one cartoon out there that is attracting huge fandoms. Um, Because you had like, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, regular show, Gravity Falls. We got the Owl House now. You know, these these are shows that have latched onto groups of people that otherwise wouldn't be watching animation.
0: Exactly. Um, uh, Phineas and Ferb. And, yeah. um, you know, we also have like uh, Legend of Korra yeah, and the, Avatar. And yeah, Avatar, The, the Loud House. And, yeah. and now recently with Amphibia, the, the Owl House, and The Ghost of Molly McGee are like really like luring in a lot of people. And even with like the adult cartoons, uh, I recently talked about an article where they were saying about like adult animation has never been bigger. Like Invincible and Harley Quinn mm-hmm. and F is for Family are like really, really big in terms. Terms of like showcasing cartoons for adults, and um, you know there there's even more talks about like animation in terms of like going in different directions. I mean recently Disney when they did their Disney plus day and they were even discussing about like, do we want to bring in not so family friendly content on Disney plus because a lot of people were upset when they heard the news about the Owl House being canceled because it wasn't their brand or something like that. And so now, uh, there was even an announcement saying hey we're going to have 20th century animation, bring in an animated show on Disney plus that is for adults. So yeah, I think that um we're living in the golden age now we're able to see things that would have never happened 30 years ago representation of the lgbtq community representation of minorities talking about stuff that would have been considered to be too scary for kids like death or Mm -hmm. depression or stress and anxiety like we're living in it now i i think that for people who are saying oh but the 90s was better it's like (laughs) okay i get it you know that that stuff was you know groundbreaking and revolutionary in its own time and especially you know with the decade prior with the 80s where it was a lot of like Cartoons for t- uh, that were based yeah, off toy of toys, toys. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys, please admit it. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong, I love Transformers and Ninja Turtles as much as the next person, but still, I mean, we knew well, what I mean- they were.
1: There's a good example there. Um, She-Ra, uh, yeah, 80s Shira. product that they completely took and reinvented. And...
0: Absolutely, like nobody would have given a crap about Shira like no. 10 years ago. No,
1: absolutely not. And it was fantastic. And it's like one of my favorite shows. And I, when I try to tell people that, and they're like, wait, the He-Man spinoff? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're right, you're yeah right. the He-Man spinoff. But like, trust me, uh, it's different. Like, it, I, again yeah no disrespect to the people who made it originally they were doing kind of you know what
0: yeah yeah sure i mean creative I, when in the confines I, when I, I mean of even there. like secret of the sword still kind of like a guilty pleasure of mine sure. especially with that song that played in the beginning <laughs> you know I mean, even though that I, I do agree with like lindsay ellis it doesn't rhyme whatsoever when you hear like um you know <laughs> somewhere out there someone needs me I don't know how or where but believe me it's like it's stupid
1: trying <laughs> to me with me. Um yeah, yeah. And but yeah, it's building off the past, taking what came before it and then sort of just taking it a step further. I think that's the thing people often misunderstand about like comparing cartoons, especially with yeah. I feel like the Cartoon Network fan fans will always be like it used to be better
0: yeah it's, i know it's, it's not like, you, yeah you, you've ever seen that meme of like all the pictures of like all the hanna-barbera characters in yeah. the cartoon cartoons and it's like you know this is what we had and you know like what well, was like a picture of teen titans go it's like this is what we have now it's yeah like-
1: <laughs> and, and it, i just feel like those arguments miss the fact that like you can love the old stuff but also recognize that that the the, the stuff we have now built off of it and t- and went further because of the past. It's not like a you know, it's not a, a, a zero sum game where you have to pick one. But I do think you're right. I do think that the golden ages now um, writers are a- able to do more things, t- target different groups, different age groups um, and just artistically technology has made certain things easier and cheaper. And that's really awesome. Also, the internet has made like fan productions or, or, or like fan cartoons and stuff like that.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, we were able to get like Homestar Runner and Ed's World and uh, Tom Terrain of Magical Expertise and various other animated shows. Um, recently with like um, uh, Has Been Hotel has been like really, yeah. really, really massive because of the internet. And you know, because of that, I think that that's going to be an adult swim, I think.
1: Oh, really? Interesting. I, I,
0: I think I don't know, but I know I think it's going to be airing on TV or something. But yeah, I mean, those stuff has been like massive, and because that they love animation and they were inspired by a lot of the shows that have been out today and even back then, they were able to. Um, and go in their own separate directions and able to craft what uh, a lot of people want to see and I think that with the variety that we have with animation, you know w- when people say oh we're in the second or third dark age I, I just look at it, it's like, I think you need to take a little step closer with more open eyes that is not biased and see that we're living in a time in which when we can be able to have representation and storytelling and character development that we've never been able to see before so Yes, I think that you know uh, again with partially thanks to Adventure Time in terms of like the modern age, Mm -hmm. we were able to get that and distant lands was able to like cement that for sure it's like yeah. This stuff has been some of the best in terms of storytelling and characters and world building and songs and animation and. um. I'm really happy on how it all turned out. Each and every single one of these specials are very unique in their own right. They have their strengths and their weaknesses, and they have personal preferences to a lot of people. So I would suggest that you watch four of these specials and come up with your own conclusion.
1: That's a great idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So right before we conclude, now let's talk about the announcement about Fiona and Cake.
1: Yeah. I so when I heard this at first, I thought it well, I guess it wasn't like an April Fool's Day time for April Fool's Day. But I kind of thought it was a joke. Like I was sort of like, how are they going to do? How are they going to do that? But when I heard that Adam was involved and that Hannah Kay was going to be there, I was like, Okay, well, you know, those folks are involved. It's probably going to be all right. I have no idea what to expect, though.
0: Yeah, like literally, we we knew about the announcement just months ago. No further details has been revealed as of the recording of this podcast.
1: I the I, and cake have have never been like one of my absolute favorites uh, favorite parts of Adventure Time, but they did end the series the last Fiona and Cake episode they it ended on such a cliffhanger and like a wacky out of this world literally out of this world cliffhanger. Yeah, I want to know what's going on, you know?
0: Yeah, and and the whole thing about like you know there's this laser that's going into Ice King's mind. It's like wait a minute. Are you trying to say that Fiona and Cake wasn't just the figment of Ice King's imagination? So somebody is delivering the message because we see Simon in the promotional art, which means that he has a part of this. So now that just brings up a lot of questions. Like, is Fiona and Cake real? Yeah. Uh, who's the one? Maybe he goes over to a separate world where Fiona and Cake are real in enough in a different dimension or universe. It's, there's so many questions.
1: I guess since Adventure Time exists in a multiverse, there's the whole like anything can happen. That's sort of true, thing. yeah. So and and this is
0: the oldest that we've seen Simon in because I see like, you know, his hair is like turning gray a little bit. So and, he, you know, his his face is a little wrinkly. So this probably takes place like even decades after Obsidian.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm curious if we'll see Marceline and Bubblegum, but I Finn and Jake have probably long been dead. Yeah, so. they, they,
0: they're, they're long dead, I think
1: um yeah it's it's there's so much potential there's so much mystery the fact that it's eight 22 minute episodes too is really strange i believe that's right i might yeah maybe, i think
0: i think maybe. you might be right it is a um, it's another mini series
1: that's a lot so i i hope that i hope that it's good um adventure time has generated such goodwill with its uh sort of finale finale stories and and it's just like handle on storytelling and characterization that uh Part of me, you know, if, if there is a part of me that's worried that it might not be good. Another part of me is kind of put at ease by the fact that the show is comp is really competent at that and it's had practice now, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the next announcement was we're making an Adventure Time movie.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, because they,
0: they wanted to do an adventure time movie, uh, I think around what was it, like the fourth or fifth season or something? Yeah, it was
1: uh I remember it was there was a big talk about it in twenty fifteen when yeah. it was leaked, and then it never went anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh I think that um the idea of like hey you know even years after the show ended we can have movies I mean Gumball is having a movie um Mm -hmm. Phineas and Ferb had their movie on Disney plus so I wouldn't be surprised if hey you know people are still watching Adventure Time we're going to have the Adventure Time movie that we've always wanted
1: and I also I, I feel a little exhausted living in an age where like everything will come back eventually but I like the idea of sort of like a Christmas special idea with with certain franchises like Maybe don't bring a show back for like a full season, maybe just have like a special every once in a while, so that you can stay in touch with it like and you know visit the characters again. But that you don't have to emotionally exhaust the author or the writers and also you know spoil any goodwill, so I feel like that's kind of what distance lanes did yeah and that's I think that's a cool interesting sort of template for maybe future success for other
0: shows. Yeah, that's, that is true because um very similar to like how Nickelodeon was able to do it with like Rockwell's Modern Life Static Kling and Harold yeah. the Jungle Movie and Enter the Florpus in which, you know, they've been shows that haven't been on the air for decades. And then we have the opportunity to see like one final special and everybody loved it and it felt yeah. like a return to form. Are You Afraid of the Dark was able to have its mini series and uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple was able to have a different direction in terms of like the contestants being adults, you have the SpongeBob music. I mean, I know that SpongeBob's still been around, but not like, um, you know, a series of of things where like people were like genuinely excited about. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think that um, if they're able to continue in that direction, it's like, okay, you know, we've had a show that's been gone for a while, but hey, you know, we have this special and um, we're going to tell some stories that we weren't able to tell the first time. I think that that would really gravitate towards a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, you know, I, I really enjoyed watching that show and I kind of missed it and I can't wait for it to come back. So, yeah, I'm genuinely curious about Fiona and Cake on how that one turns out. And, you know, we'll just wait and see if there's any future Adventure Time stuff. But yeah, um, Paul, you definitely have a lot of work to do, considering that you have to update your book.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. I do. I have, I have a lot of a lot of content to, to sit through and sort.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Casual Chat. So, uh, Paul, once again, thank you so much for coming on by.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. I love talking about this stuff.
0: Yeah, so uh, go ahead and plug and promote your stuff.
1: Sure. So if you want to follow me on Tumblr, uh, I'm at Gunterfan, Gunterfan1992.tumblr.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm Paul Thomas1992. And if you do follow me follow me on Twitter, uh, my bio contains a link to the uh, book Exploring the Land of Ooh, which I wrote about the production history of Adventure Time, and you can get a free digital uh, P- a PDF copy of that um, using that link. So. Feel free to stop on by and click the follow button.
0: Oh, and by the way, I, we also need to promote your zine.
1: Oh yeah, uh, so I or helped organize a batceline zine, which is a, a marsline and bat-themed art collection, and proceeds to this for this are going to be donated to Merlin Tuttle's bat uh, conservation. Uh, he, he's a very well-known bat photographer. His first name is Merlin, which is also awesome. <laughs> cool. um, but he's a really super well-known bat photographer and uh, I'm a big bat fan. I think they're they're a very misunderstood creature and I love Marceline and she can turn into a bat. So it seemed illogical to sort of put it all together. Um, and I'm uh, we're selling copies of those, uh, $5 for a digital copy. The zine has 30 really awesome illustrations in it. You can also uh, pick up a copy for 10 if you want a physical copy plus um, shipping, and that can be uh, picked up at Gumroad. I think it's, let me check if it's yeah, go Paul for thomas. It. Dot, um, I want to make sure I have the right one. I think it's Gunter Fan. I have to cut some of this out, <laughs> <laughs> let's see.
0: Yeah. So while you're looking for that, I'm going to plug off my stuff. So, okay. um, oldschoollane.net is my website, youtube.com oldschoollane, where you can be able to check out my videos and podcasts. If you want to follow me on my social media pages, I'm on Facebook at facebook.com oldschoollane. I'm on Twitter at Patty underscore B underscore Miranda. You can listen to my podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, many places. New episodes of my podcast will go there first and then they'll go up in a few days on YouTube. So I just want thank you guys so much for listening i really do appreciate it this is going to be the last episode of casual chats for the next month because episode 175 is approaching, and we have a milestone celebration considering it is old school lane's 10th anniversary Woo. and i'm going to celebrate it with uh you know what i'm not even going to tell you how i'm going to celebrate it um you're going to have to tune in and find out but i can assure you it's going to be something really really special so uh were you able to get the information
1: Yeah, it's uh, a gunterfan.gumroad.com.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Let us know in the comments below about your thoughts on Adventure Time, Distant Lands. What was your favorite special? What was your least favorite special? Uh, What new characters that were introduced in Distant Lands did you enjoy? What new characters that you didn't really care too much about Um, Did you wanted to see new episodes of Distant Lands and what characters you wanted to focus on? What are your thoughts on Fiona and Cake? And um, also let us know in terms of uh, what Adventure Time projects that you would like to see happen the future would you like to see a movie would you like to see maybe a season 11 even though we got that in the comics but still nonetheless maybe we'll have a full season 11 please let us know thank you so much hope to see you around soon and take care